hey guys uh, welcome to the latest episode of the sas sessions podcast today we have shilpa singh on the show with us shilpa has nearly two decades of experience in driving gtm customer strategy and operations for fortune 500 companies and as well as startups currently she is the principal gtm at aws prior to aws she was working as a vp of gtm customer services at aptitude hey shilpa such a pleasure to have you on the show Thank you Sunil thank you so much for having me here I'm really excited and looking forward to having a great conversation I would want to start off by saying that all opinions in in the show which I would share are mine and come out of my experiences and let's get started Awesome <laughs> that's great to know so yeah would want to know more about you Shilpa like I've given a very short introduction about you just two lines there but I would love to know like what's been your career path and how did you get into the world of SaaS and you know how did you get in a uh, function of gtm yeah sounds good so i bring over just 18 plus years in customer facing kind of b2b consulting and and success leadership roles serving a, a spectrum of fortune 10 to 500 companies again i am part of aws and responsible for driving commercial relationship growing the business and driving aws adoption for market makers unit currently A personal passion of mine is I also co-chair the recruiting committee for Women at which really helps drive support initiatives for making sure that we hire more inclusive and a diverse a diverse workforce at AWS. In my journey in early I think 2014-2015 I I got a chance to really work with some Fortune 500 companies as they were kind of in their very early stages of digital transformation and thinking how to move to the cloud. So that kind of got me interested and I want to say like truly took my heart into it in terms of okay how do I spend more time helping companies leverage cloud to either increase agility, accelerate innovation or really drive efficiencies. So that's kind of a, my story in short. Awesome. And I think 2020 would have been a great year for you in that case like you know companies leveraging cloud and you know companies focusing on digital transformation I think it kind of got accelerated in 2020. So what was you know your experience in 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 particular to how how the year was and how companies reacted to the whole digital transformation aspect right? I think there was a meme going around as well that what kind of drove digital transformation in your company was it your ceo was it your founders investors or was it covid <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think you would have like great uh, pointers on this i would love to know that yeah absolutely i definitely think 2020 was a very i mean it was an interesting year we would all agree with that from my point of view i think it really validated how important that cloud journey or transformation is I think there were a lot of companies probably on the fence who didn't see immediate value or kind of were okay with status quo. So I think 2020 forced them to make those decisions for a greater good, right? And in companies who have still decided not to, I think they're going to see a lot of impact on their bottom line. In in my perspective and my experience, I think every process starting from your back office operations to how you innovate has changed in the last year because people are not meeting in common spaces things have changed the way we work has has really improvised and kind of been streamlined and i think cloud sits like right in center of all of that transformation so i do think it covid has accelerated probably i want to say probably the, the next 10 years of cloud adoption into one year Yeah I think I I've been hearing that uh, a lot as well like from different leaders so I think that's that's validated again cool so yeah today I think 
I wanted to talk about particularly GTM aspect, right? Since since you are an expert in in GTM, right, and especially for the enterprise segment. So, would love to know, like, you know, how how can like there are there are companies who who start there are SaaS companies which start and you know they they primarily target enterprises right versus there are a few companies who start targeting SMBs then go mid market and and then they would you know lay out a strategy for targeting enterprises once they raise their Series A and B and so on. So in your experience, like uh, Shilpa, like how how can a company you know ent- enter this ma- is this particular enterprise segment? Yeah, when I think of an enterprise go-to-market uh, market strategy, I think I, I think about a couple things. So if I see from a foundational level, I think customer obsession and product market fit, I think are are, are mandatory, right? So when I say customer obsession, meaning the product uh, or the company might have to take different pivots or prioritize their features differently as they penetrate deeper into the enterprise market. So so really staying strong on being obsessed with the customer need and their problem, I think this is critical and and a fundamental principle, I would say, for an enterprise go-to-market strategy. And if if a company is already, or a product company is already in an enterprise market, then I'm assuming that they're already a product market fit, that they understand how to increase either agility or drive efficiency or accelerate innovation in that segment. Outside of those two foundational pillars, I think of it in terms of like a people, process, and technology paradigm. So when I think of people and the go-to-market motion, I think being very methodical and investing and building relationships at every level is critical. For example, your enterprise executives to the product company executives, your mid-management mapping needs to go across, product personas and your builder personas. So making sure there's some mechanisms in place where those relationships are built top-down and even bottom-up, I think is super critical. The other people part of it, I would say, is is partnerships, making sure product company builds partnerships with adjacent products, I think really helps accelerate their go-to-market motion. For example, if you're in analytics, look at the integration partners, try to build a collective sales motion. I think that helps both companies. I do believe in the power of one team, meaning like sales and, and demand gen and customer success and consulting. I think they're all one team, but I think it's really also important to establish a clear racy like who's responsible for what outcomes, who's accountable, who's just going to be informed, and making sure all those go-to-market teams are in alignment, I think are critical. So the second key pillar, I think, is like process or mechanisms. So when I say or use the word mechanisms, I'll explain what that is. Mm-hmm. So in our world or in my world, a mechanism is, is, is a methodology that can scale. So for example, if you have an idea, then you go implement the idea. Then the next step step is you want to measure the adoption of the idea. The third thing is you want to gather feedback on what's working and what's not working and make sure you integrate that. So the first thing I tell my teams is stop doing strange, unnatural things. Like think of mechanisms, think of scale from the get-go. And, and I think another important thing is taking a, a value-based and a holistic solution approach when you think of an enterprise company, I think they probably have like tens or hundreds of vendors existing or new ones coming their way to sell something every day. So I think as a, as a, as a differentiator, it's really important to critically understand what need does your product solve for the customer and then how do you move the needle and then how do you differentiate yourself? Mm-hmm. The, the other thing from a process standpoint, I would also like to say is 
Keep a long-term perspective. I think that helps earn customer trust and solidify the, the brand. I've seen too many times when a renewal is upcoming or an upsell is upcoming and there's this strange rush around it. And, and I think it, it's, it's, it's a bit, I think it's important to understand that even our customers see that. So, so really making sure there are like good adoption mechanisms which are ongoing and no strange things which we do just because we are kind of closing out to a renewal or an upsell I think is important. Um, the last piece I would say from a technology pillar standpoint is invest into analytics and kind of build those uh, feedback loops, right? Like you test five ideas, what's working, what's not working, what's the data saying, learn from that. So yeah, I think outside of the foundational pillars, I would say people, process and kind of technology, make sure those, those elements are solidified in your go-to-market strategy. And I'll pause there. <laughs> right. And I think I've heard this, you know, people or leaders focusing on uh, these three terms before, right? Like people, process and technology in many, many cases, you know, different when, when they're especially targeting or talking to enterprises, right? So one, one thing you mentioned, right? Like when you're, when a company is going enterprise or, you know, getting into this particular segment, they have to be like product market fit. But what about the, you know, in, the, in your experience, what, what do you think about those companies which are enterprise from day one? Right. So in, in those those cases, what what sort of, you know, processes or what sort of approach, you know, you think actually helps uh, such companies go go up market. Right. Plus, I think when you when you speak to your and when you have like early enterprise customers, I think they when, when you speak to them, I think they would help you a lot in, you know, building your product and shaping your product up, right? Because uh, the, the feedback that, as you said, right, the feedback that you'd get from these customers would be like invaluable, right? And it will actually help you transform the product and, you know, get it ready for the next set of enterprise customers that, that you're probably lining up. So again, like in your from your experience, how, how do you think like a company, you know, who's just starting out and, you know, and they, they directly go and target to enterprise segment? So, and, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So if it works, then what do you think is actually that they're doing right? And if it doesn't work, then what is it something that they should be doing right? Yeah, I think, I think the answer for that doesn't really change. So no, like, I think most of my experience actually is like into enterprise selling or, or kind of partnering with enterprise companies when a product is already validated. So I don't think my response, I think changes, I think really making sure that, yeah, having that flexibility and establishing a mechanism to drive like product roadmap transparency to your point, being open to changing the roadmap or catering to enterprise customers, I think is super important. And I would say like, I mean, taking a value-based approach, right? Because again, customers care about outcomes. They care about the value your product delivers to them. If sometimes it's uh, being a product company, it's very easy to get singled out on your product, your features, and and why it changes a customer's world. I think keeping score of the the entire ecosystem, what other partners or vendors already are in the enterprise, and how does your product differentiate and also enable the entire ecosystem, I think is important. Got it. And I wanted to double click on the partnership angle that you mentioned, right? Like I've seen many, many companies who, which do go and target enterprise segment, they have these, you know, implementation partners or, you know, ISV partners that, that kind of help them lay a foundation or lay a path into the, this particular segment. So how do you think they play, like what kind of role uh, do they play and what kind of like, you know, approach or doors these partners can open for companies and, and, you know, how, how can like the companies leverage this this opportunity 
Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting, right? So when you talk about partners, in, in, I mean, in my mind, there are two slices. One are kind of your independent software vendors, like your ISVs. And the second one is kind of your SI partners or, or consulting partners or system integrators, essentially. So if I broadly divide partners into those two buckets, I think ISVs, the strategy to integrate with ISVs is, I think, smart and, and it also really helps accelerate the go-to-market motion. For example, I think I stated this earlier too, if you're playing an analytics role and if you have a certain niche for your analytics product, then how do you integrate with maybe and uh, a partner who can integrate or bring in data from various sources and kind of almost combine that and transform it before it pushes to your analytics platform. Are there opportunities for you as an analytics product company to go establish and build a, a consolidated go market motion with that integration company? I think that helps both, right? Both parties. Yeah. So that's one motion, which I think, again, I mean, it takes time because when, especially when companies are small, they're so focused on their product for the right reasons, but sometimes like really taking a step back and thinking about various ways to accelerate value and, and kind of accelerate that go-to-market motion is important. The second set of partners, which are your system integrators or your consulting partners, it's an interesting game there because they consulting partners are, are happy to spend time if, if they see their own pipeline coming up. Right. So right. If, if you're a relatively young company, then um, really helping build that messaging and value proposition with a consulting partner so they understand the value for their time and what pipeline they can build, I think is important. Interesting. I think those are very great insights. And, and then moving on, right? So as you mentioned, like moving up market or moving into this this segment means a lot of change for a company, right? Like metrics, the goals and the objectives might change. You might have to have like great resources. Again, talking about those three things, right? Like people process technology or the, the kind of yeah. people that, that you want to have in, in a company would, would differentiate than, you know, the between enterprise and SMB market, the processes that you have said would be, you know, have to upgrade or advance, right? And the technology that you're using, the product has to, you know, advance in that, that way as well. So from your experience, again, what, what things, you know, what are the things that, you know, that typically yeah. change in a company and, you know, what should a company who is going into this segment should prepare for so that they don't run into any surprises? Yeah, so I do have some some pointers coming from my experience on, on this topic. So the first thing I, I actually personally believe bringing like enterprise experience go to market team is important. And this is actually a, a very conflicting point of view. There are people who fall on both sides where they can say, no, I actually can hire just as a great driven person and teach them how to sell or how to be customer obsessed. I think I fall in the in, in the bucket where I do believe having those that experience and bringing people who've done that before is important. And the reason I say that is I've seen like way too many experiments being run, and and it, it's kind of diff, it's difficult to balance what's an experiment, what's working, what's not working, how's this been tried before to let's go innovate. So I strongly believe that um, having a balance of bringing that team where they've had, they have a good experience in, in running that enterprise market is, is important because right. they know how to scale. They think about repeatability from day one. 
So I think that's important. The second thing is I think as you kind of go much up market or more up market, the focus on like land and expansion, I think that the strategy needs to be adjusted, right? So initially you're always just trying to land deals. And as you go more up market, the focus I think shifts to expansion. So I don't know, it could be 30 land, 60 expansion, expand, whatever that ratio it is. Right. I think that becomes important. And, and also the go to market motions for land versus expand, I think have to change. They have to be tackled a little differently, especially, I mean, if, if you're focused on expansion, then you want to make sure, for example, that your stakeholders who are uh, using your product within an organization, how do you convert them into change agents? How do you convert them or how do you inspire them to come tell the story to other business units within that uh, customer so i think that that motion becomes important i think incentive structures also become important and, and how are you aligning that with behaviors you expect from your sales and success teams also i think um, there's a lot of focus there another thing which, which i thought this was actually a great lesson for me too earlier in my career is i think it takes a bit of grit to get comfortable proposing bigger deals especially if you're coming from SMB and mid-market, you want to kind of start really small and then expand. This, the sales team is not comfortable putting a million dollar deal as your first negotiation position. Right. So so I think that mindset is also important. And, and how do you train your sales team? Either you partner them with experienced enterprise sellers that it's okay to do that and it's okay to negotiate, like start big. I think that mentality is important. And something which I, which I think is, is also interesting, and I think COVID in 2020 has challenged us, is like demand gen is kind of, I think it, it kind of turned around completely, right? I think we all are kind of facing webinar and content overload right now. So, so the yeah. older demand gen mechanism of huge conferences and meetups and happy hours, I think some of that's kind of been toppled. So it'll be interesting. And, and I think some of those changes are, are here to stay, not completely, but some are here to stay. So I think that entire segment or pillar of your go-to-market team will have to innovate. So I think that's important. And and last but not, not the least, I think a clear product roadmap and transparency is, is super important. Because with enterprises, I mean, they want to make sure your product is self-sufficient. They're, they also don't like partnering and, and bringing in a lot of like consulting firms in, in, in combination with a product to help them implement, right? So they want to make sure yeah, the product helps them in the future and they can actually maintain it with the low TCO, if you will. So Got being it. more transparent and defining a clear roadmap is important. That's that's really great points. And, and again, like if I have to ask, right, what are, what are some of the common mistakes that you see companies make while while going into uh, this segment? Like any any of the any of the mistakes or any failures that, you know, you would have had or experienced in your your career or you would have seen you know spoken to someone who did a few mistakes so that we can learn, we all can learn from them yeah i think of course i mean we've all had our share of mistakes and, and i've done my part as well i think going i think the point i made earlier around being comfortable thinking big right that's important when you're going a pocket it's a difficult thing to do. And I've done my, have my own share of mistakes where I was like, yeah, let's start small. I want to make sure the customer is okay. I, I want to make sure they're not surprised. And then you, you lose, I mean, you leave value at the table, you leave money at the table by doing that. So getting comfortable there, I think is very important. And also getting too, too siloed in your own product world. I think that's a mistake I've made too. And, and I think that's how I've learned the, the partnership 
game, if you will. Like, how do you think deep, but also think broad? Right. And, and kind of bring it all together with respect to solving a customer problem. Interesting. And great. So, so talking about the demand gen thing, thing that you mentioned, right? Like we are living in a world of like a place where everyone, every company is doing webinars. Like, you know, they started doing in 2020, the companies who are doing, not doing at all, they, they kind of, you know, put a lot of money or put a lot of effort into this particular channel. So, and you see that you mentioned that, you know, companies and uh, like demand gen teams have to come up with new and innovative strategies, you know, that, that they should include in the, in the GTM motion. So what do you see as new demand gen or, you know, like how do you reimagine demand gen for 2021 in, 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 in your experience? Yeah, it's a very hard question. <laughs> so, like, I hope I had a straight answer for that. But I'll tell you some things we are trying, right? right? I think we all recognize that our customers are so overloaded with content right now. It, it's just mind boggling from every angle, every vendor is sending them content, right? So I think things we are trying is smaller groups like really drive adoption uh, among smaller groups within a customer's um, ecosystem if you will be focused on their problem limit kind of mass campaigns and mass outreaches because i think the value gets diluted we also do try a lot of like hands-on workshop type of things to really engage our customer builder community and we've also up leveled how we engage with our customer executives. Like we have multiple mechanisms we've built to make sure that that executive communication and the messaging is, is based on the customer's priority. It has value upfront and focus on very much on their immediate needs. I think those are certain things we are trying and, and time will tell. I mean, these things take time for you to kind of go back. And as, as I said, right, I talked about right. mechanism. So I think we're seeing some adoption and then over time, we'll have to measure the effectiveness of these initiatives. Awesome. I think th those are uh, interesting points. And I think there are many uh, companies doing it, you know, various different activities that, that we are saying, I mean, I work in the demand gen team. So uh, the number of things that, that, you know, the number of new things actually that we are trying on a on a quarterly basis or even on a monthly basis is something very different because like how, how, how how the market or how our customers or how our prospects are consuming the content is being changed right because at the same time when we are reaching out to them i'm very sure that 100 or 500 other companies are reaching out to them <laughs> to sell right like how exactly. do we stand out that's one question which i think the demand gen team has to keep answering every now and then and they they have to you know keep up with the new the new trends or the new changes that are happening in the market and i think covid has given uh, people a lot of space to innovation They've, it has put a lot of companies a lot of teams on a level playing ground where they can you know go out start from scratch a few things and see how it you know uh, works in the market how people are responding to it in general so i think that's that's an interesting piece uh yeah. you know how it would turn out in 2021 yeah. yeah would love to know you know just just summarizing what we just talked like what would be like those three things right that companies should keep in mind three very important things while they are moving into the enterprise segment 
Yeah, I should probably have a little bit more than three, but we'll try to keep it short. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think I'll start saying stay customer obsessed on trust. And it's, it's always a long-term game. To, I mean, short-term games don't work because customers see through it. So, so play long. The second thing I would say is build mechanisms, right? So try with ideas, but also have a mechanism where you can measure adoption of the idea and you can gather feedback and get better. Otherwise, you're leaving a lot of opportunity on the table if you don't go through that loop. The third thing I would say is, again, I think partnerships is, is critical. Partner with your addition, adjacent products. Take a value-based approach. Product roadmap and transparency. Again, I would want to repeat it. This is super important. And I think that mindset of, yeah, we'll build to whatever the customer needs is one thing, but really taking time to define what does that roadmap look like and how do you scale that in the enterprise segment is another thing. And invest in adoption. Don't lose trust. That conviction. Use workshops, immersion days, training, etc. Awesome. And and last not, but not the least, I would say celebrate wins with with the team and the customer. Right. So, so make it a big deal and and let those wins propagate within the organization for uh, better long term success. Great, great points. I would love to double down on adoption. I mean, uh, I work with Watfix and we are into you know product adoption in a way and. I would say that that really helps. Like we have seen a lot of customers, you know, being happy after using Watfix because uh, whatever product they're implementing or, you know, whatever product they're implementing for their com- employees as well. Employees use it and the adoption rates are high and everybody wins, right? So I think that's, that's... So before we move on to the lightning round, right? I just, I just wanted to ask one very, one thing which I'm personally curious about and would love to know your thoughts, right? So what do you think, like, you know, community as a, as a channel, you know, how, how do, like will it get a seat at the gtm you know strategy uh, play or a gtm playbook in in 2021 and you know in the coming years right because i think community led growth is something which is coming up a lot and uh, i'm reading a lot about it recently many companies are are following this this approach they're they're building their own small niche communities right so there are like macro and micro communities that are forming up so in your like what do you think you know community as a as a channel right it can it be a part of the the bigger gtm strategy yeah i think i mean community as a channel i think can be an effective accelerator in my mind and i mean we sometimes it feels like kind of activities with a newer name i mean if you think of the enterprise adoption journey like references and making sure that thought leaders across uh, industries come and speak and share their point of view like all those mechanisms and processes existed right and those right. actually served as effective accelerators uh, for a go-to-market strategy. So I think community uh, plays a very important and a similar role in my mind, endorsing and, and sharing value of product delivered in a communal way and leveraging that challenge, sorry, leveraging that channel to, I think is an effective accelerator in my mind. Awesome, that that helps a lot. So yeah, quickly moving on to the lightning round, I would have three different three questions not about gtm strategies though for you so are you ready go for it cool um so yeah first one what's the one fundamental change that you're making in a job in 2021 making sure i i spend more one-on-one with my team and like stakeholders uh, i think we've gotten so used to just getting on zoom calls and getting off and i think that that one-on-one interaction is, is almost kind of <laughs> becoming isolated. So I think making sure I keep at it is a, is a big thing for me in 2021. That, that's awesome. So second one, what's the one thing that has helped you shorten your learning curve? That's a really good question. Let me think. I think spending more time 
with experts. I learn better when I'm part of solving a problem versus reading a book or whatever. So if, if I want to learn about something, then I am making an attempt to spend time with experts. I think that helps me learn faster. Yeah, I, I think it is something that we have in common because I also keep doing uh, the same thing and it's I think it's something which helps me a lot as well. So my last one before we wrap it up, what do you know about your work now that you wish you would have known when you first started? The scale, not that I would have done anything differently, but I think for me when I, the kinds of problems I, I work on and the scale of the problems that me and my team gets to work on now, I think is, is really interested and it's, it's really interesting and, and, and I just wish I would have known that sooner and maybe my learning journey would have been a little different if I truly understood what that meant or scale for, for us meant. Right. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, that's it. I mean, that uh, thanks, thanks a lot Chilpa for joining in and sharing all these great insights. I think I just in the last 30 minutes or so when you spoke. So I think it was great insights and you know, I learned uh, a lot personally. Yeah, thank you Sunil. I mean, this was a fantastic just kind of spending time with you and, and talking about some of these topics. Really appreciate your time and then I had a great time. Thank you for um, inviting me.